member in the house, we have presents, Rogers, Bevan and RP, why don't you stand up, can we just congratulate these guys on the birth of their firstborn, wow, beautiful, might put my name down for a little bit of a hug afterwards, if I may, but a huge congratulations to the birth of your firstborn. She's divine, I can see her from here, and uh, what great days lay ahead. What a great blessing from the Lord. Well, it's good to be in church, isn't it? Sunday night in the house of God at Silverwater, and uh, right now we're, uh, we're uh, week three into a seven-week series on, uh, called Beautiful Attitudes, all about the Beatitudes. And uh, what I love about the Bible is it is really helpful in life. And uh, this week we're up to uh, Matthew 5 verse 6 that says this, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. I love the Word of God and I love the hope that's in it. I remember the day when my wife and I used to always get the Sunday paper. We don't do that anymore because it takes about three seconds to flick through the Sunday paper these days because there is so much bad news in the paper. But I love the Word of God because it is full of good news. It is full of great promises and great blessings that we can walk into if we just abide. And what I love about God, really He doesn't make it that hard for us to walk in the ways that He would want us to walk. You know, we have challenges in lives and we have periods where we do it tough, but I love it that it is, it is attainable to live a great life on this planet. And it's the Word of God that helps us. And as we're going through these teachings on the Beatitudes, there's this great, there's great tips in there, there's great guidance in there to help us to live a great life and do it with great attitudes. You know, it's almost like, you know, linking a chain together as we read through these Beatitudes. And uh, if you start doing it well, you end up with a, a strong character in life and you end up uh, living life in a wonderful way. And as we're going through them, you might come across one where you go, I'm not that good at that and that's a bit of a, a, a weakness in my chain. Well, as we study it, I love as we cry out to God and ask for His uh, guidance and His strength that those weaknesses can become our strengths. Isn't that good? Yeah. When a weakness becomes a strength in our life, and we can start doing better at something that once upon a time we were poor at. And that is what's good about God, that He is always transforming our lives. The Bible says, you know, in 2 Corinthians, that we become new creations. The old is gone, the new has come. And as Christians, as we keep walking in His way, it's an ongoing journey where the, uh, the potter is using us as the clay, and He's molding us, and He's continually added. And as we would just continually place ourselves in a place of coming before him all the time and saying, mold me. He does a brilliant job at it, and I love that. And I love that these Beatitudes are all about being blessed. Who wants to be blessed? I tell you, when you look into the meaning of that word, I think we're, we all want it. There's no, uh, there's no doubt about that. When we look at the meaning, it covers so many things in our lives, that we'll have favor in dealings with others that we'll have an abundance in this life. We'll find our way into victory through all circumstances. We'll be healthy and we'll be healed. We'll be happy. Who wants to be happy? And I love life and I'm just, I'm an ordinary guy that's just trying to do my best to follow the ways of the Lord and, uh, and he's doing just, you know, he's making me just feel good about life and uh, 
One day this week, I was getting my car serviced, and I, uh, when I put it in for service, I said, oh, look, I'm just going to, I'll go up into the cafe, and I'll just sit there and work, because, you know, I can do a lot of work on the laptop, and I had my iPad and phone, and I was sitting there doing work, and then um, at this particular car dealership, it's just a, you know, a Holden dealership, the owner of the dealership came in, and I knew it was the owner, because when I'd brought the car earlier in the year, there was a nice Ferrari in the parking lot, and I turned to the girl, and I'm like, Ferrari? He goes, yeah, that's the bosses. So here I am in the cafe, in this, like, sitting on a little table, just looking through glass, and I see the Ferrari pull into the parking lot. I see the guy back it into, like, this special spot and get out, and I see this young gentleman. He didn't look that old. He was probably mid-40s, walk, walk through, and I'm like, you know, in one sense, he's blessed, but do you know what? In life, it feels like I've got about 12 Ferraris in the, in the driveway. I don't have Ferraris. I have Holdens. <laughs> but can I tell you, that's what it kind of feels like in Christ. It's this beautiful, this inner peace, this inner joy. I carry this hope for my future. I, I carry this certainty about my eternity in heaven. There is so many good things about basing your life on Jesus Christ and the promises of the Word of God that it feels like there is 12 Ferraris in my parking lot, in my house, because that's what it's like in Christ, and that's what it's designed to be like. Doesn't mean I don't go through challenges. I go through challenges. There's some things happening in parts of my world and my family at the moment that are their challenges, and uh, and we're working through some things. This is my wider family, and there's some challenges, uh, particularly a, a dear family member of mine's going through that's that's really hitting me in the heart. And but overall, I I feel blessed because I'm in Christ. I feel content, and I love that. That's how God wants it to be that he, uh, he wants to reveal a pathway into a blessed life, and we see it in the Beatitudes. We see it there. And I just love as we get this deep desire to follow him, that he'll really uh, show us a good way. And in this uh, passage, it talks about this being hungry and having a thirst for righteousness, having this thirst to go after God, to, to, to go after the things that are right in Jesus and I was thinking as I was preparing this, when's the time in my life where I've been the thirstiest? Now, I played a lot of sport as a, a young guy, and I'm thinking, oh, was it some, you know, cross-country race I did or a city to surf? Was it a, a hot day, uh, uh, you know, with a, a bowling spell playing rep cricket? Or was it a day out on the football field? Do you know what came to my mind? A Pearl Jam concert. <laughs> True story. I didn't go to a lot of concerts. I think if I look to, uh, apart from the Christian concerts, I think I, uh, Pearl Jam, U2, <coughs> Michael Jackson, um, and uh, <laughs> true story, I did go to a Michael Jackson, and it was one of the worst nights of my life. I'm sorry. I struggled because I had a middle-aged man screaming in a very loud voice that he loves Michael just about the whole concert, and I struggled, okay. I struggled deeply, but uh, I did rather enjoy the Pearl Jam concert, but the reason it was, uh, I was so thirsty was uh, we had tickets, my friend and I, my, uh, my best mate Ben, we had tickets, and they were like the, uh, the kind of dance floor tickets or whatever, they were on the ground at the entertainment center, and I just remember walking into that arena and looking up, and we kind of looked at each other and goes, 
we're going to get to the front of that place. So we spent the whole concert trying to make our way through the crowd to get to the very front of that gate. There was like a little, must have been the, the, the gold, gold, gold tickets, like a little stream of people right in front of the stage. And then it was the rest of the whole thing. And we spent like hours trying to make our way to the front. I don't normally perspire. I don't perspire a lot, but at the end of that concert, you could have wrung my clothes out, and I don't think it was my perspire. That's the disgusting thing. <laughs> but can I tell you, over those hours of just being like, just body to body to body, trying to make our way, we ended up getting, we didn't make it to the front. We were like one person. There was one lot in front of us. We couldn't get through right on the fence, but we got second behind that. But uh, can I tell you, I've never felt thirst like this. We were desperate for food. True story, the, uh, some of the guys, the guards would come across and uh, they would actually have like big bottles, probably like 1.25 litre or 1.5 litre bottles of water and they would hand a few of them out and I can remember there just being so thirsty and the moment one of those guys would go to hold this out, literally 30 hands would try and get this thing and at one point my friend got it and I remember him kind of going, go, go, go and I've never got my face so close to another male's face. I pretty much lined up right next to him so the second he was done it was like, room straight into my face, go, 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 go. I was thirsty. I needed, I needed the water. I was so thirsty and do you know what in life, one of the greatest things we can do is have kind of that desperate, that kind of desperate thing to go after God, that kind of desperate attitude to be after the things of God, that kind of desperate thing to want to be in the presence of God and get God on the inside of us. We need to hunger and thirst for Him. Hunger and thirst for Him. It is one of the great things that we can do to have this desire. And I can just say here tonight, do I walk around seven days a week, 365 days a year with this this mega thirst? There's days where it's not there like I'd want to. But what I love about it is there's always an opportunity. For each and every one of us, there is always an opportunity because God is always there waiting for us, waiting for us to draw near. Maybe you're here tonight and you've lost some hunger. Before tonight's over, believing will be your chance to to come back to God. Or maybe you've never had that hunger. Tonight can be your night to say, I'm going to get hungry for the things of God. I'm going to get hungry and I'm going to thirst for the things of God. Because God's designed us to be in relationship with Him. And Chrissy mentioned that before during our communion. You know, there is a relationship there for each and every one of us. Let's go after God. Let's go after the things of God. Let's live a blessed life because we pursue God and His goodness will follow us all the days of our life. I love how David had this, uh, this deep hunger and this thirst for the things of God. In Psalms 42, 1 and 2, it says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? I tell you what, tonight you can meet with God. Tonight you can meet with God. When can I go? Let's have that kind of attitude in life. When's the last time you kind of had that desperate thing on the inside of you? Can I encourage you to press in tonight? Get up tomorrow and just be like after the things of God. Get passionate about the things of God. David, in Psalm 63, when he's in the wilderness of Judah, says, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. 
My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where Pell Jammer, no, it doesn't say that, where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Oh, how good is this? This is like inspirational to hear that David had this. And uh, I love getting around people who are passionate for the things of God. Like passion is a good thing. I just love getting around people passionate, like about all things, particularly God. I remember, uh, feels like a while ago, it was nine years ago when I turned 30, my, uh, my friend, same friend Ben, the, you know, this guy, g -g 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 -g, the Pell Jam, Ben, he, uh, he brought myself a ticket to a barista course. There was another buddy of ours turning 30 around the same, my, same time, and they, uh, he brought us tickets to a barista basics course. It was like a three-hour course somewhere on the edge of uh, Sydney, and uh, what I loved about this was uh, it was, uh, I've never been around people who have been so passionate about coffee as going to this course. There was like three guys who worked at this place, and there was probably only about 10 or 12 of us doing the training, and these guys, they were into their coffee. I mean, these guys, they, just them talking about the origin of coffee felt like they were preaching to 5,000 people about it. Everything that they talked about, everything they mentioned, they were so passionate. It was contagious. When that course finished, all of us went out and brought ourselves new coffee machines, and we kind of wanted that passion for coffee, and they were explaining everything, and the extraction, and how to do this and that, and there was so much to learn about having a hot cup, and making sure your group head's not cold, and doing it this way, and doing it this way, and there was there's so much to learn about coffee, but these people had this, this passion. It was like contagious, and, uh, and let's get like that here at Silverwater. Let's get passionate. Let's be contagious to each other. Let's encourage each other. Because uh, I think that's what God wants us to be, passionate about Him, wanting to be all about Him. And there is reason to be, isn't there? If you go through the Word of God, I'll tell you what, and you look at who we are, who we are in God, what we have in God, man, it is impressive. I'm going to read some things out. These all come from scriptures in the Bible. This is what the Bible says. It says, I am a child of God. It says, I am a, a branch of the true vine and conduit of Christ-like. I'm a friend of Jesus. I've been justified and redeemed. My old self was crucified with Christ, and I'm no longer a slave to sin. I will not be condemned by God. I've been set free from the law of sin and death. As a, as a child of God, I'm a fellow heir with Christ. I've been accepted by Christ. I've been called to be a, uh, a saint. In Christ Jesus, I have wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who dwells in me. I am joyed to the Lord and in one in spirit with him. God leads me into the triumph and knowledge of Christ. The hardening of my mind has been removed in Christ. I am a new creature in Christ. I become the righteousness of God in Christ. I've been made one with all who are in Christ Jesus. I'm no longer a slave but a child and an heir. I've been set free in Christ. I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I am chosen, holy, blameless before God. I am redeemed and forgiven by the grace of God. I've been predestined by God to obtain an inheritance. I've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Because of God's mercy and life, I've been made alive in Christ. I'm seated in the heavenly places with Christ. I'm God's workmanship. I've been brought near to God by the blood of Christ. I'm a member of Christ's body and a partaker of his promise. I have boldness and confidence to access God through faith in Christ. My new self is righteous and holy. I was formerly in darkness, but now I am in light in the Lord. I'm a citizen of heaven. The peace of God's guards my heart and mind. 
God supplies all my needs. I've been made complete in Christ. I've been raised up with Christ. My life is hidden with Christ in God. Christ in my life, and I will be revealed with him in glory. I've been chosen of God, and I am holy and beloved. God loves me, and he chose me. Let's give the Lord a round of applause. Let's get passionate, because that's what God has for us. That's what he has for us. He's worth pursuing. He's worth going after with all of our life. With all of our life. It says in Hebrews eleven six, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Let's seek him. There are rewards both here on earth and in heaven. Let's have be people of faith who go after him, knowing that it is making a difference to our life. It is making a difference to our life as we go after him, as we pursue him, as we get this, this rich appetite for the things of God and go after them. Love it. We can go after him. The great thing is, it doesn't say there, you know, in that scripture that, you know, we are the righteousness of Christ, you know. It's like we just have to go after it. We're not. We're not righteous in one sense before we come into him. But as we go after him, we're blessed because we have an appetite for righteousness. We thirst for it. We go after it. There's all of us here, and I'm sure many of us would have desires to be great people and great husbands and wives, mums and dads, friends. Sometimes we fail, but we can always come back. We can always come back. He's always there waiting for us. He's always there waiting for us to come back. And I love that his promise is that we shall be filled. We shall be filled. He will fill us. He'll fill us with his spirit. He'll fill us with the goodness of God all over our lives. We can be in a great place, not living a worn out, tired life. We can live a wonderful life, filled the presence of God in our life, out there in the world, making a substantial difference to other people. If we live this way, Christ Jesus made a way to satisfy us. Let's go after him. Let's go after him. I love Jesus when the Samaritan woman's at the well and there he is and she's kind of having this discussion with Jesus about this well. And I love that he says to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Springing up this water. Not that water that you go thirsty again. Not the water from Pearl Jam that you go thirsty again. But you get this water. This fountain that springs up. In John 6.35, Jesus said to them, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger And he believes in me shall never thirst. Oh, let's go to him. Let's go to him. John 7, 37, 39. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not given because Jesus was not yet glorified. There is this Holy Spirit that as we go after him and we thirst for him, he can fill us up. And that is the best way to live. 
the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, bubbling out of us. And I love it. There's no like limit to how much God can pour out and fill us. It is always there. It is infinite. It is inexhaustible. It is always there. It's this beautiful, infinite fullness. And it's constant. God's fullness is overflowing and ever-flowing. Never think, oh, it's too late, I've missed. No, tonight can be your night. Tonight can be your night for a fresh, a fresh infilling, a new touch from Him. We all need new touches from time to time. God is here tonight to touch us, to touch us afresh, to pour out His Spirit on us. Yet again, maybe for the hundredth time, maybe the thousandth, maybe it's the ten thousandth time, but He is here to touch us yet again, yet again, as we would come to Him, as we would come to Him, He will touch us with His never-ending goodness. So many people out there in the world and they're getting filled up with things they think will deeply fulfill, but there's nothing greater than in Him, in Christ. That is the ultimate. So what can you do here tonight? I reckon it's good to, to pray for the passion, just to ask God, for this desire and passion to go after you, to go after him and, and fill you up with his fire, his consuming fire that comes on us. You know, when uh, John the Baptist said, you know, there's another one coming, he says he'll fill you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Maybe that fire has gone out a little bit on your life. Here tonight, you can get it back. Here tonight, you can get that fresh touch. All we've got to do is come, pursue, ask. Another thing we can do is... Uh, I reckon worship, times of worship are one of the greatest times just to, to go to God and get in field. You can do it here tonight when we worship a little bit later on to, to, to just open up your life again and get that fresh touch. Can I encourage you this week, get worship music playing in your world. This afternoon I was at home, house is busy, I put on my noise cancelling earphones to do some prayer and prep. They're pretty big, I probably look a little bit dorky at home and... Uh, but I put those on and worship music is blaring. It just takes me to a place of just worship. It gets my heart in a good place. I start, you know, coming before God. and It's just a good thing to do. It is a good thing to do to worship. Take every opportunity to worship Him. We have great worship here at Silverwater. And every time there is music playing and songs are, are coming out of this stage, just step into it. Just step into it and say, God, get hungry for Him. It's in that moment. You just get hungry, and you just get hungry, and it's like you just put things aside that are in your mind, and you just, you just, you just press into it. You just, you just call out to God. You ask Him for a touch, and I love it because as we do that, He comes, and he, he, he gets a hold of us, and He starts pouring out His presence, and, and things that were, were troubling us this week, it's like the power of them drops off because we're, we're hungry, and we're thirsty for Him, and, and, and the blessing's coming, and, and He's just touching our worlds, and Take the opportunity. Press in, press in. Maybe you're here tonight and other things have just become kind of like the things in the way. Just ask God to forgive you for some of those things and maybe you've started pursuing, you know, things and God's rightful place as number one's just gone down the scale a little bit and that happens to us and maybe a hobby's got in the way or some desire or, or the bank account or the job or a relationship. And here tonight, you can just say to God, hey, God, I'm sorry. I've probably put that person where you should have been tonight. I'm just going to get things, you know, recalibrated. Going to get things how they need to be here tonight. 
make sure you get around other good people. It's one of the greatest keys, I think, to life, doing it well. Get around other people who are on fire. I can remember as a young man, pre-meeting Natalie, a few of us used to get together. Ben, my Pearl Jam mate, Brad, the other barista mate, and another mate, Kyle, we used to, we used to get together. And we used to just make a, a time to come together and, uh, and just hang out and share life and pray together. It was like, it's kind of designated godly time. We'd go to each other's homes, might go down to a restaurant, have a meal, share around life, doing some praying, sometimes probably at a pub, but it was just, you know, just, just hanging out wherever we could find a space to do life together. I remember showing up to one of these and we were, I remember we were in a prayer time and, and the Lord gave me a beautiful picture of, of just this really big mountain and it was like the four of us were scaling this mountain, but we were like in the most like pristine conditioned uh, mountaineering equipment. Is that the right way to say it? Like everything was shining, everything was new and it was like we were well equipped for the journey ahead. And that's what it's like when you do life with other people who are in Christ. You are equipping your life to do the journey ahead because mountains will lay before you that God wants you to conquer. And you've been out there on your own with shabby equipment. It's not going to go too well. Get around good people. Put good people in your life. Start a connect group maybe saying, I've got, you know, I can give to other people. Get, come to my place. We're praying every week at Tuesday night. This time we're getting together, we're praying. Wednesday night, Saturday morning at the cafe, get around some people to journey in life, to do it and do it well. You'll find other people, it's almost like you'll rub off each other and as you set time aside to be together and to to just put some God into your week together, powerful things will happen. So let's just make sure that we've got that hunger and thirst. It's interesting when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? What did he say? Love the Lord your God. Well, your heart, your soul, your mind. That was the greatest. That was the greatest. To love him. To love him. Let's get a hunger and a thirst. A hunger and a thirst for the things of God. And I'm encouraging myself as we preach this tonight. This is a word for me too. Let's just keep getting the hunger. Let's keep getting the fire burning on the inside of us. Because God wants us. He's jealous for us. Exodus 34, 14. For you shall worship no other God for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. God wants you. He deserves first place. He doesn't want competitors. He deserves first place in your life. Give him first place. He deserves no rival. He deserves no competitor. Give him number one. Give him number one. As the band comes, because I really do want to have a time where we can just all... Just take that uh, time in a moment to get the fire going again. I, uh, I remember a time in my life where I just kind of called out to God a simple prayer where I, I really did say, God, I want more of you and less of me. It was a statement I made in the summer of kind of uh, nine years ago where my wife and I were, had, uh, uh, we were kind of spending summers. Uh, we just had a newborn uh, Sienna with us, and I remember we're living on the northern beaches, and we're at youth every Friday night, and every Sunday night we'd come to church, which was cool, but kind of on Sundays we'd get up, and I'd go for a surf, and we'd come home and have breakfast together, and we'd go back down to the beach uh, this particular summer, and we'd get the, uh, the very exciting Sunday papers, and uh, we'd read them down at the beach, and 
kind of tag team looking after the baby in the little little tent and just spend hours doing that and then I'd get home and it feels like the whole day has gone. It was like quarter past 10 and, uh, you know, in summer when you've been up early and it was just like, what do we do now? And I'd watch a bit of the, the TV and flick on, there was a sport on and it was kind of all good and I need, know we all need to refresh, but it was almost like on the inside of me, I felt like I could give more to God. I felt like there was more in me. And I remember calling out to God and saying, God, I want more of you and less of me. I want more of you and less of me. And it's funny how I started calling out to God with that statement. And very quickly after that, my wife and I were asked to come out. We were asked to come out and, uh, and come and help out at this campus. There was no big promises. We simply got asked, if, hey, do you guys mind going out there and attending and just helping out at Silverwater. It was called Center West back then. And, uh, and we came out. And all of a sudden, my Sundays never looked the same again. They changed from that day forward. They went full up with uh, you know, reading the paper and time at the beach and watching sport all afternoon. They were, they were filled up with just coming to church, meeting people, driving home for a quick rest, driving 45 minutes back. We'd do that you know, twice on a Sunday. And I'm really grateful God's just opened door after door after door. But it really, for me, it started in that, that kind of hunger, that kind of thirst for a bit more. Like, God, I want more of you, and I want you to use me. And I just love when we cry out to God that he hears. Maybe you're here tonight, and for some reason things have happened, and you're like, hey, I need to get some of that hunger back. And in a moment, we're going to have a chance to just to really call out to God again go for more fire, get that fire going on the inside of you for God and the things of God because this life matters, we get one shot, we get one shot at this life and it matters other people's eternity matters because of how we're living life we're going to get this fire on the inside of us that others see and say tell me take me to where you get that fire that life, that confidence future, that peace on your world, these are the things that we can carry and we can carry out into life. So in a moment, I'm going to open up the altar for us just to maybe get on this altar and get that fire on us again, get full of God, full of the Spirit. But before I go there here tonight, I want to ask a question. I want to ask everyone here, are you in relationship with Jesus Christ? Are you tonight in relationship with Jesus Christ? There's one thing about life, and that is the clock is ticking for all of us. A day will come where every single one of us will no longer walk this earth. None of us know the time, but we're a day closer today than we were yesterday. That day is approaching. And the greatest thing you can do in life is to make sure in your heart of hearts you've accepted Jesus, you're in relationship, and that you can carry the peace knowing your eternity is safe with Him in heaven. And if you're here tonight and there is any doubt about that, just in a moment, I'll ask you to raise your hand and I'll say a prayer with you. It's a really simple prayer, but it's the greatest prayer we can ever pray. It's just a prayer that says, God, I'm sorry. God, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me. 
I want to start following you. It's a prayer like that that we can say tonight that puts us in relationship with him. So right now, can we just all just bow our heads, close our eyes, just so there's no distractions. If you're here tonight and you're like, yes, Hartley, I'm not in relationship with Jesus and I'd like to be. Maybe you've never said a prayer like this ever before. Tonight in a moment, I'll ask you to raise your hand and you can do that and I'll see you can put it down. Maybe you've once said this prayer, but you know that fire has gone out. You know that that desire is not there right now and you want to get it back and you want to come back in a moment. I'll ask you to raise your hand. Maybe you're here tonight and you are unsure of where you're going to be spending eternity right now. And you would like to make sure you're going to heaven. In a moment, I'll ask you to raise your hand because tonight we can make sure of that you're on your way to heaven. So right now, heads bowed, eyes shut. If you're in one of those three categories, you've never said a prayer that invites Jesus into your life, you've said it, but you've slipped away and the fire's gone out or you're not sure of where your eternity sits. If you want to invite Jesus into your life tonight, get the fire back. Could you raise your hand really boldly here tonight and say, yes, Hartley, that is me. I'm here tonight and I need to accept Jesus into my life. I need this relationship. I need to say it for the first time. Or maybe you've said it before and you've slipped away. The fire's gone out and you want it tonight. Come back. Raise your hand nice and loud, nice and high so I can see it. Maybe you're here tonight and you're not sure of your eternity and you want to make sure you also can raise your hands high in the air and say, yes, Hartley, that is me. Yes, Hartley. Yes, Hartley. I want to tonight make sure of my eternity. I'll just give this another moment. This is the most important time in the entire meeting. If you're here tonight and you want to say this prayer, raise it nice and high, your hand in the air. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. God is good. Can we all stand to our feet? I know that God's spoken to some of us here tonight. And I know for some of you that that fire is not burning like you even desire it to. For some reason, it's gone out. If you're here tonight and you want to get some fire back on your life, you want to to actually step into a new season of of a greater feeling of the presence of God. If you, if you want to go after Him and, and tell Him that you're, you're hungry again, you want to thirst, what we're going to do as we sing this song here tonight, I want to ask you to step out of your seat and just come down on the altar. Why do we step out? Because I think this is just a great way to say, God, I want to do business tonight. God, I want a fresh touch tonight. And as you come out of your seat in a moment, I'm believing that God will touch your life. He will touch you afresh. Tonight will be a defining night in your life. As you come out of your seat, as you stand in this altar, I'm believing that God is going to touch you and your life. The Holy Spirit is going to move. He wants to do business here tonight. There are people here and you've stood back for too long. You need to step into Him. He has great plans. God can be trusted here tonight. Oh, oh, thank you, Lord. So right now as we sing this song, come out of your seat. Come boldly here tonight. If you want a fresh touch, if you want God to move on your life, come out of your seat here tonight. Stand on this altar. Say, yes, God. 
Yes, God, I'm hungry. I want more of you, God. Oh, this life, my life matters. And I want to make sure I'm living it for God. I'm going after Him. I'm going after the things of God. Here tonight, God is going to touch your life. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, pour out your spirit, God. Oh, light the fire on the inside of us. Here tonight, God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Come on, stream forward. Take the step. Say, yes, God, that's me. A team's going to lay hands on you. The fire of God is going to fall upon your life. Here tonight.